You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. We're talking quarterback this morning. Can Auburn win eight games without a 3,000-yard passer? Let's drop it on them. What's up, War Report family? It's your boy, Mike G. I'm here with my guy, Ike Jones. It's Thursday, June the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2023. The topic, can Auburn win eight games without a 3,000-yard passer? This has not been a common occurrence in Auburn football history. Has not, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Producing 3,000-yard passers uh, has not been a thing. But it seems like it's essential for competing for the for the SEC title. Hmm. The last quarterback uh, to not throw for 3,000 yards, but uh, win the SEC was Jalen Hurts hmm. a long, long time ago. <laughs> so uh, uh, what, what do you think? What do you think about Hugh Freeze? Is Hugh Freeze going to be able to produce a 3,000-yard passer in year one? Uh, I mean, it's possible um, to, to do it. I think that this definitely has the the earmarks on this offense say that, yes, it can happen. I think that there's enough talent in the wide receiver room to make it happen. It's just really going to come down to that offensive line and the decision-making of the quarterback. But can it happen? Yeah, absolutely. I don't see a reason why it could not because this system allows for it. Like when we talk about Auburn history and how infrequent it's happened, I don't think Auburn has had systems that were set up to allow for passers to do that, right? Jared Siddham was right. the only guy in recent history that's done it. And He's the best pure passer in Auburn history. Yeah. And if you ask me. I just don't know that um, system-wise there has been anything that's allowed it, right? We know the history of three yards, three yards in the cloud of dust of Auburn. And then when you get into the Malzahn years where it wasn't necessarily that, it was still very run heavy. Um, so there hasn't been a lot of throwing it around the yard in Auburn history this is a coach that can do it system-wise, including Philip Montgomery from the offensive coordinator standpoint. So can it mm-hmm. happen this year? Possible, for sure. Well, let's talk numbers for a second. There were five 3,000-yard passers in the SEC last year. Yeah. Uh, the conference with the most was the Pac-12. They had eight. Of course. Eight teams in the Pac-12 had 3,000-yard passers. Uh, I believe Michael Penix led the group. Obviously, uh, um, Caleb Williams was up there because he won the Heisman. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is this is something. But outside of the SEC in the Pac-12, no conference had more than three. And if you look at the teams uh, that won their conferences, two won their conferences without a three thousand yard passer, and neither of those teams made the playoff. Mm. So the Pac-12 champion, obviously. And uh, uh, Kansas State in the Big 12, you know, because TCU went on to the playoff, even though they lost the Big 12 title game. So there's definitely a correlation between being able to pass the ball effectively at a certain clip. Now, a 3000 yard passer would mean a 1000 yard improvement for Auburn year over year. Is that a reasonable expectation? 1,000 yards of improvement in year one. I actually don't think it's unreasonable. Um, Like, if you look at what we were able to do late season in the run game versus what we were doing early season in the run game, we're just talking about a sample size of four games. There's a drastic difference in just those four games within the same season in the run side of the ball. 
I don't think that it is illogical to think that with a full season with better play calling suited for these athletes that we could make a drastic jump in what we were doing in the past game mm-hmm. year over year, a thousand yards, a thousand yards sprinkled over an entire season isn't even a hundred yards per game difference. Right. Right. So yes, it's possible to do that in, in one season. Again, if you're factoring in that the scheme will allow for it a little bit more just because of the type of attempts that we're going to be giving to our quarterbacks. And if our offensive line is as improved as we hope it is based upon just on paper, we think that it is. Well, let's talk about who passed for 3,000 yards in the SEC last year. Stetson Bennett led the group with 41-27, 4,127 yards. Will Rogers was right behind him at 3,974 yards. Bryce Young threw for 3,328 30, uh, yards. Hendon Hooker, 31-35. And Spencer Rattler at 30-26. Now, rounding out the top half, uh, Jackson Dart and Jalen Daniels both fell just short of 3,000 yards at 2,900 and some change. But interestingly enough, J- Jalen Daniels at number seven, 29-13, they won the West. Right. They won the West. They did not win the SEC, though. They did not win the SEC. So can you think, do you think, again, I'm going to ask the question, I'm going to ask it a little differently. Do you think it's reasonable because of these, Stetson Bennett doesn't come back. Bryce Young doesn't come back. Right? Hendon Hooker is gone. Who's the who's the leading passer in the SEC this year? Is it Will Rogers? Is Will Rogers take the crown? Um, I mean, so I don't really know what Will Will Rogers' offense is going to look like as far as uh, attempts, right? Like he was had. I, I mean, attempt wise, I'd I, yeah. I'd be hard pressed. I'm looking at this list. Yeah, he had like 50 times a game or something. <laughs> he had 600 passing attempts last year. Um, the next highest person, surprisingly, was Stetson Bennett at 454. I would have thought it was going to be Hendon Hooker just because of how much Tennessee throws it around, which mm-hmm. is still he, amazing. He missed a couple games. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. He was if, if Hendon Hooker had played those last couple of games, he probably would have been a lot closer to number two on that list. But still, Stetson Bennett being number two on this list, um, I mean, even if Will Rogers comes down, you know, 200 attempts closer, you know, because... Uh, that's about what he'd have to do to, to, to come back down to the field. Um, he probably is. I mean, Jaden Daniels would have an opportunity. You know, he was hurt a little bit in the middle of the season last year. Um, didn't play towards the end of the season as well a little bit. Um, just nagging injuries with him. Oh, gosh, as far as returning guys, K.J. Jefferson, I don't see him taking some drastic leap up the the numbers there. Spencer Rattler probably is going to be up there as well. So I'd say it's between Will Rogers, Spencer Rattlers, Jaden Daniels, and then whoever the Auburn quarterback is. It's probably going to be in the top five um, in the conference next year just based upon Ooh. what I'm thinking here. Right, because Anthony Richardson is gone. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of turnover at quarterback. Will this, Rogers this, this, gone. This year. Uh, yeah. Freaking... Uh, who's the kid? Uh, Mike, uh, whatever his name is. Mike Wright, uh, Vanderbilt, gone. Mm-hmm. Haynes King, who's the Texas A&M star. Uh, Con- Connor Wigman, whoever the start at Texas A&M, I forgot. They're going to have a, a, a Petrino offense. They might be able to jump up there in the top five. So let me not discount that. I am still waiting to see whether or not I actually believe in um, Joe Milton, the Tennessee okay. guy. Now, Tennessee's going to have an offense. I, I don't know if I believe in him yet. Big arm, but can he be consistent? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, I, I think there, there's a chance that Auburn could jump up into the top five here in passers. 
Well, uh, Robbie Ashford came in at 12th with 1,613 yards last year. If he plays a uh, full season slate, I'd expect that number to improve drastically. But Peyton Thorne comes in with about 2,600 passing yards from Michigan State from last season, uh, which would have been good for eighth or ninth in the conference, right, in passing right. last year. Uh, do you think that that production is good enough for Auburn to win eight games? If Peyton Thorne plays or Robbie Ashford improves to Peyton's floor, is that good enough for a game, eight, eight wins in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, the the, the initial question was, do we need 3,000? I don't think we need 3,000. Right. I think you got to be above 2,500. Uh, you know, I think that that's, if you're not at least, you know, from Robbie Ashford last year, if he's not 1,000 yards better, um, then I think that eight, eight wins is going to be, that means that your defense was just, freaking lights out or nobody can stop you from running the ball like you're literally putting up like record numbers running the ball in this conference to be able to get to eight wins without having a passing attack that gets you that eclipses 2500 right um there's a couple other correlations i want to talk about when we talk about these numbers um of the 3000 yard passers bryce young i had the lowest completion percentage at 64.47 percent mm. right uh, again uh robbie ashford came in at 49 percent last season you know is it realistic to expect mid uh 60s in terms of completion percentage that that's the, the rough number the right there yeah. uh, with Ro- because he's got a long way to climb from where he was last season um overall now shoulder yeah again shoulder yeah. injury aside you know Robbie has been a an inconsistent thrower pretty much his entire life right can he get to a 60% clip if he does that with his ability to run good lord like i just don't know how you stop a young man yeah. that that can throw at 60% with that kind of speed uh, and his fearlessness to kind of, you know, run through guys at the second level. Um, you know, I think that's yet to be seen. I think a lot of it will have to do with the, the way that it's schemed. Uh, and hopefully that this, the scheme of this offense will allow him to get some some quick, easy stuff. And the the amount of times that he's having to throw per game is going to be just a manageable amount where he's not expected to go out there and throw for 40. That was, that was the issue that we had a lot with um the 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 with the, the Bo Nix era is just I think we were asking Bo to throw too much. And it's just yeah, like he threw more than he threw into any quarterback in Auburn history. Yeah, it just <laughs> yeah. it was it was kind of ridiculous considering we knew we didn't have a great offensive line. Now some of it was beside, by necessity because we were playing from behind in games. For sure. But there were games where we were in the hunt for it and both threw for like he threw 40 times in the game. I'm just like, why are we why? throwing the ball so much? Um and his efficiency wasn't ever getting better. So it's just like, we, we can't keep asking guys to be the hero in scenarios in which we're not setting them up to, up to uh, be successful. Right. Uh, Peyton Thorne brings in a 62.5 completion percentage last year. Uh, obviously, he would have a shorter climb to mid-60s uh, than Robbie would. But either way, I think the expectation is that, you know, whoever is the quarterback gets into the 60s, period, right? Anywhere in the 60s would be a huge improvement for Auburn. A couple of uh, more uh, correlations I want to make. When you look at quarterback rating, Right. You know, and this is always an interesting number that's always debated. Hendon Hooker was the highest rated quarterback, uh, had the highest QBR in the in the league last year at 175. Uh, again, Auburn's quarterback was at 107. So huge climb to try to get into the top five there. Um, but of those 3000 yard passers, again, the lowest rating was Spencer Rattler at 138.74. You know, 
Um, you know, what what is the key to raising the QBR for Auburn's quarterback? Is it easier throws? You know, is it just you know the quarterback themselves being more accurate? You know, I, you know, wide receivers running the right routes, or it's a combination of all those things. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a combination of all those things, but I think it's going to start from the quarterback position and the decision making. Um, you know, we we talked to Cole Kublick about uh, Peyton Thorne, and mm-hmm. one of the things he said is, you know, he he remarked on him being in love with a check down, right? Like, listen, take a profit. You, you I, the, the old saying is true. You never go broke taking a profit. And if the quarterbacks can just figure out how to, you know, hey, it's first and 10. I don't need 10 yards. Let me just get it to somebody and make it get it to second and manageable. Stay ahead of the change. Because that's that that's really the biggest thing when you start talking about what offensive efficiency looks like is mm-hmm. figuring out how to get yourself into second and third and manageable and not figure feeling like you got to hit a home run every single time you right. uh, you take a snap. If the quarterbacks can be better about figuring out where to go efficiently with the football based based upon pre-snap and post-snap reads then we can mm-hmm. get to a higher QBR just because you're making better decisions and having a better grasp of the offense. But a lot of that does have to do, in this system specifically, chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver about when they're running this route, when they're running that route, and where they need to be um, so that the ball is delivered there on time. Mm. Uh, let's talk about protection as it pertains to passing yards, right? Uh, of the quarterbacks that passed for 3,000 yards, um, the only one that got sacked 30 more 30 or more times was Spencer Rattler. He <laughs> took 31 sacks last season. Uh, the guy who led the league in passing yards, unsurprisingly, Stetson Bennett, um, only got sacked nine times last year. Wow. Him and Haynes King were the least sacked quarterbacks at the league. Haynes, Haynes King got sacked seven times. Stetson Bennett got sacked nine times. Mm. Um, and then when you look at the next 3,000-yard passer uh, in terms of sacks, least amount of sacks, Bryce Young uh, came in at number six, 18 sacks he took. Mm. Now, his line was terrible. But I think, the amount, I think the only reason this number isn't higher is because he escaped a lot of those sacks himself. Um, Hendon Hooker, uh, got sacked 23 times. Uh, he had 3,100 yards passing. You know, um, if Auburn can keep this, let's say Auburn can keep the sacks under 15. Let's just pick a round number here. You know, does that help the quarterback get into the top five in the league at 3,000 yards passing? It definitely helps. I think the stack, uh, the, the sack statistic is a little misleading though, right? Uh, cause you, you talk about a guy like, uh, Stetson Bennett, as you said, that was able to escape pressure, right? So it would have you believe low number of sacks would mean that defenses aren't generating pressure on that quarterback. I think, um, being able to throw when there's pressure around and being able to make the right decision again with checkdowns or hot reads and that sort of thing is really where it's go- you're going to have to live, especially if you're not sure where you're going to be in pass protection for your offense. Uh, but 15 or fewer sacks from that offensive line yielded with a bunch of pressure throws doesn't do mm-hmm. you any good either, right? So um, if that 15 number comes as a result of quarterbacks making good decisions, good protection, uh, then absolutely, yes, we can definitely get uh, an increased QBR rating and increased per- uh, completion percentage and then, therefore, higher number of passing yards. Listen, last that I want to talk about before we get to the break here, interceptions, turnovers, right? Uh, Hendon Hooker, man. Whew. Dude, only two interceptions on the season. Crazy. I got hate, hurt lazy. <laughs> only two interceptions on the yeah. season. Spencer Rattler, uh, he, again, 3,026 passing yards, but uh, 12 interceptions. Right. Uh, Robbie Ashford had seven. 
you know, no quarterback in the league had more than 12 interceptions. As a matter of fact, only three were in double digits. Will Levis, Jackson Dart, and Spencer Rattler. Everybody else was single digits in terms of uh, interceptions. Uh, you know, obviously protection plays into this. It looks like there's a pretty strong correlation between, you know, protecting the ball and, you know, passing at a high clip. Um, do you think, my last question, unrelated uh, to passing yards, but, you know, what is a good goal for Auburn's quarterback this year in terms of turnovers? Uh, um, Peyton Thorne had 11 interceptions last season, mm-hmm. which would put him near the bottom of the SEC in terms of interceptions uh, because Will Levis, Jackson Darton, Rattler both had 10, 11, and 12 respectively. You know, uh, how much does Payne Thorne or Robbie Ashford have to improve on the interception number uh, for Auburn to find success through the air? Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, it's more of a ratio thing for me, right? Like a uh, touchdown mm-hmm. to interception ratio. As long sure. as you're not hurting the team more so or e- equivalent to the number of times that you're helping them uh, with passing the ball, right? So three to one is really, you know, kind of a sweet spot to be. Two to one is probably more realistic. Mm. Yeah. Um, but if you're, you know, a 20 plus touchdown per per se- uh, on the season, then double digit interceptions is OK. You know, uh, inopportune times will, will kind of dictate, dictate that. But if we're talking about where I would love for them to be 10 or fewer, right? Like I would love to have sub double digit interception year from the quarterback position. Mm. Look, Anthony Richardson. Um, no, I'm sorry. Will Rogers led the league uh, in touchdowns and uh, touchdown interception ratio at 35 touchdowns to eight interceptions, which is uh, insane with the number of attempts that he had. It, insane, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Bryce Young uh, only had five picks, but he had 32 touchdowns. Um, so it's pretty close. Actually, the ratio looks pretty close there. Um, and I'm sorry. And then hooker, obviously, won the touchdown to interception ratio at 27 to two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, like I said, there is a correlation between turnovers and where these teams finished, right? Uh, protecting the football obviously is going to be an important thing for Hugh Freeze's offense in year one. If they're going to win what I assume are going to be close games. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. You guys have been commenting, some great comments I see. I see the Cube Show has joined us. Hey. Our guy Cole Kublik. He said it depends on the defense to me. That dictates how high risk the offense has to be. Yeah, I mean, that's 100%. I mean, of course, Cole knows what he's talking about. But, hmm. like, you know, when I, I expect, and we've talked about this over and over, I expect defenses are going to come out and tell Auburn you're not going to run the ball. It's right. by the front and by the look. They're going to tell you, hey, we're going to make you throw the ball. The question is how how much they're going to challenge on the outside to me. If they're going to give cushion, then Coach Freeze, Coach Montgomery are going to say, hey, we're just going to utilize that and we're going to take the quick, easy stuff to chip away at it and make you guys come up and play us a little differently. Um, and then we're going to try to try to stretch them horizontally and try to get them playing wider so that we can then run some stuff up the middle. Um, but yeah, the defense is going to dictate a lot of this stuff. Um, and how efficient can we be with being able to challenge them on the outside? I think is going to help to determine what it's going to look like for number of completions or even number of attempts that we're going to have in a particular game. 
Mm. I uh, appreciate the Cube Show for joining us this morning. AU Alum 94, we've had two 3,000-yard passers in AU history, Damian Craig and Jared Stidham. Don't have to have 3,000 yards to win eight for sure. I'll take 2,200 yards so uh, plus. What, what I'll say in regard to this is football's changing, right? So the mm-hmm. years of being able to throw for sub-25 and get to eight wins, I don't know that we're in that same place anymore. Defensive lines across this conference – are built a little bit better to stop the run. Think about uh, the Arkansas team last year. How, I don't, how, how many games did Arkansas win last year? Uh, that's a great question. Um, let's see here. KJ Jefferson and Arkansas. Uh, the Razorbacks uh, in 2022 went seven and six. Okay. They're, they're, they're a prime example of what I'm talking about with a team. Now, K.J. Jefferson threw for 2,500 yards, just north, 25, excuse me, 2,648, just north of that 2,500-yard mark that I was talking about. But they were a dynamic running, like their offense ran based on their ability to run the ball and the quarterback running, right? Still didn't get to eight wins. It's just, it's a right. different league right now, and defenses in this league are not the same as they were once before. And I don't think that offensive lines are built the same way that they were before. Mm-hmm. I don't think that in this era of college football, it's an easy proposition to say you're going to have a sub-2,500 passer and have an eight-win team. It's not impossible. It's not right. likely in this yeah. era of college football. I mean, listen, it's pretty tough. Again, there is a strong correlation between reaching that 3,000-yard mark and being in contention. Um, again, even even LSU, who won the West, still right around, right under 3,000, right at 29-13 uh, in terms of, uh, and, you know, uh, Jaden Daniels became a better passer as the season went along, right? They struggled early. Uh, I was surprised at Will Levis's numbers, man. Um for a guy who everybody was predicting to go first I mean, round. He did. He was hurt for a couple of games, so I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give him that. But I listen, if you guys listen to me talk preseason last year, I was never sold on Will. I, I was never bought in on Will Levis. He's got to prove something to me at the next level. Um, and I just don't think that that's a thing um, mm-hmm. that he's going to be able to do. But hey, listen, Will, go out there and prove me wrong, sir. But I, I ain't believing uh, yet. Yeah, let's see here. Chris S., for reference, 2009, we had 2,600 yards, 33 points per game, seven wins, terrible defense. Uh, That was the year of the Todd, wasn't it? That was Chris Todd's year, Hmm. 2009. Um, And, you know, Todd set an Auburn record for passing touchdowns that season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Uh, Chris Todd, uh, 22 touchdowns that year, Mm -hmm. 22, six interceptions, and threw for 2,600 yards that year. Yeah, he was underrated. He was underrated. I remember because that bowl game was that crazy bowl game versus Northwestern. Um, and uh, they ended up pulling out the win. But uh, 2,600 yards, 33 points, that was the year, uh, first year of Gus's offense. Now, uh, it should be noted, and I think you made a good point earlier, the game has changed quite a bit since then. So expecting those numbers to hold and be successful means a lot of things around the quarterback has to be successful uh, for you to reach that number. But it feels like more teams Ike, are leaning on the quarterback to do more these days. Uh, you know, Bryce Young got asked, a lot got asked of them last year. Um, and I thought that he uh, deserved, uh, you know, to go as high as he did in the draft based on what he accomplished, um, based on the lack of, of protection he had. Mm-hmm. So uh, Daniel Owen says, I think having 3,000... Yard passer would be the difference between a good first season for a freeze and a memorable one. 
how oh, memorable I, you know what? I can agree with that. If you have mm-hmm. a 3K passer with, again, what I expect from our running game, if you pair a 3,000-yard uh, passer with that, then you, you are in for a very memorable season. You know, So I, I agree with that statement wholeheartedly, Daniel. Mm. And Jonathan Boyson comes in and says, absolutely, it could happen. If we have one, uh, if we have over 3,000 yard passer, then I think at least nine wins. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can get on board with this. Now, a lot of this is, uh, of course, factoring in. Here, here's here's the, the, the reality of a lot of situations, too. It's possible to move the ball a bunch mm-hmm. and not score touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's that's possible right. to score a bunch of points. <laughs> And give up a bunch of points too, right? Mm-hmm. So right. you know we're 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 putting a lot of this on offense, and I hope that we can get into a more ball control scenario uh, with this offensive line if we have leads and just be able to, you know, because what I don't want to have happen is a bunch of twenty twenty one Mississippi State games where offense looks great and then stalls to a halt, and the other team just kind of marches it down the field, and then we're not able to possess the ball enough. To, to stop that onslaught in the second half of games. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree with this. Uh, 3,000 yards with what I expect our, our running game to be, nine wins is definitely possible. Okay, for reference, though, um, five remember, five 3,000-yard passes in the SEC last season. Stetson Bennett, Will Rogers, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, Spencer Rattler. Uh, of those five, um, I think Bama got to nine wins. Tennessee got to nine wins and Georgia got to nine wins. I don't believe Mississippi State and South Carolina got to nine wins. Yeah. Um, I, think that's, so, I think that's true. I think both of them were seven wins. Actually, no. Mississippi State got to nine wins. That's a, they they the won nine game. games last year? Nine and four. Oh, wow. Nine and four okay. uh, in 2022. Uh, so that only leaves uh, South Carolina, and I'm pretty sure they didn't get to nine wins. So, um, yeah, so there is a strong correlation between this could be accurate, right? Of all the teams that did it, only one didn't hit nine wins. Hmm. Uh, so we'll see if they can do that. Um, but can we afford to not be run heavy given our running back room? This is going to be an interesting question. Hugh Freeze has produced at least an 800-yard receiver and each of his seasons coaching can, uh, or he averages that, like, you know, is it, is it going to be run heavy? Because we know he wants to throw the ball. Uh, I mean, run heavy, you'd have to define that for me, right? Like, if we're saying more tilted towards the run, I would say probably so, you know. Uh, but um, can we afford not to? I think the answer to that is is yes, just because turning around and handing the ball to the running back is not the only way that that running back is going to be able to be involved. I think your running back needs to be heavily involved in the offense in both the run and the screen game. Um, but I don't know that it needs to be imbalanced towards the run significantly in order for you to be successful and still be able to keep all of those running backs uh, feeling as if they're contributing. Mm. Uh, Ant Robinson says 1,000-yard rusher and 2,500-yard passer will be great. We agree. Yeah. Um, listen, getting north of 2,500, and it's definitely an improvement. And Darby comes and says, Yak will get you the 3,000 yards. This is truth. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, short passes and receivers who can shake off a defender and get 10, 15 yards upfield will certainly help the averages quite a bit. Haley Tubbs says, I'd be happy with no coast fumbles this year. Uh, Protecting the football is going to be important for sure. Yeah, Um, that's those those type of things were drive killers last year as well. Just I mean, really, over the last two seasons, just inexplicable. Just nobody's there. I mean, I think about the fumble Jarquez Hunter had in the Bama game last year where Mm, it goes off. It Mm. hits freaking Shanker when he's trying to go past him and pops up into the air. The multiple times you had where Robbie Ashford's catching a snap and then he just drops the ball 
um, freaking tank every now and then, just inexplicably dropping something. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what was it? Wasn't a ghost fumble, but it was just kind of like an unnecessary fumble when you think about the Shed Jackson fumble. Um, second half. I mean, late second quarter. Penn State. Fin. I mean, I could just go down the list of the number of times we put the ball on the ground, and it wasn't because the defense made some amazing play. It was just like, right. what are we thinking about? What right are we now, doing? Ball security wise. And Dana Jones' last comment says, did anybody see the article about an anonymous SEC assistant basically passive-aggressively trash-talking Auburn's team and coaching staff? I did not see this. this. No. Tag us on Twitter, Dana. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, when you're winning at recruiting, this won't shock me. <laughs> Though, I think if you're beating them head-to-head for recruits, uh, you know, I'm sure there are going to be some complaints coming from the other side or the losing side of the recruiting battle. So, guys, we'll be back at you with another drop tomorrow morning, Friday. Uh, so please tune in and tag us on social media. Give us your comments. Hit the comment section. And as always, hit like and subscribe to help us get uh, traction in that algorithm. We'll be back at you guys tomorrow. Until then, War Eagle. Peace. Drive.